What position should the Dallas Cowboys target in round one of the NFL draft? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm uh, excited because uh, we have questions, love questions, especially off-season questions. Those are yes. Those are fun to get through. So let's 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 try to get through a ton if we can. I, I do want to tell people Uh-oh. a lot of draft questions in here. A lot yeah. of draft questions, which I understand. People are excited about the draft. Lane and I are going to be kind of slowly getting into some of these prospects. Uh, so you'll see a lot of episodes, but specific players, probably not today. But I'm watching a ton of wide receivers today, guys. So we're we're we're, we're grinding. We're we're, yes. we're there. So first question we'll, is a draft question, but it's unrelated okay. to any player. But it's right. from at Reload Rex Two. He wants to know. What position should the Cowboys target with their first round pick? I, I like this one. What do you ideally in a perfect scenario, which position do you want them to go? It's tough, you know, especially without kind of any idea of what's where the wind is going to blow on some of the free agents that they've got and some of the free agents that are out there. You know, usually as we get closer to the draft, we start to kind of get sense of what's being targeted and, and where you know as far as oh they'll look at guards here they'll look at wide receivers there uh i'll throw out a couple of positions that i've been picking um in these mock drafts uh definitely wide a good wide receiver if he falls to us a left guard i let i love the tight end selection that that's available at 26 usually um there's running backs there. If someone's interested oh, in taking it. a running back at 26, um, I'm already sick. Don't make me sicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm big on best player at position of need. You know, uh, selection. So, I think you could make an argument for al- almost any position, um, except for probably quarterback and and. I would make an argument. <laughs> I, I, I would not be happy with. So I'm going to rephrase that. I would be a little, a little bit disappointed if they use their first round pick on a running back or a left guard, just because those are historically positions that you can find a lot of value in later in the draft. I would love for them to use it on a wide receiver. While you don't normally get wide receiver ones that late, in the, like that late in the first round, that is a sweet spot for finding like high quality wide receiver twos, right? which that's exactly what Dallas needs. I think corner is the one to me. It's the most obvious, right? Like they have a need. That's this, where this draft is the strongest. It's also the deepest. So I think wide receiver and corner are the two spots that I think make the most sense on paper. I think corner, you, you look at the guys that are there and that makes sense. But I think the thing that you just mentioned is what is working against you there, right? Is that the cornerback class is deep. And 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 there's it's deep in the kind of players we want. So 
I definitely have ended up taking a lot of corners when I've been doing mock drafts and stuff, but that's because that's the best player that fell there yeah. at a position of need. I am not like, I'm certainly not at a spot where like, I feel like I got to walk out of the first two rounds with the cornerback. Like I, I think I agree. that that group definitely can stretch, but, but if, you, if the right one fell to you, absolutely. You can t- you should take it. I, I just feel like if you got a day one starting cornerback coming out of this draft in the first round, I think I'm feeling excellent about this defense. Like, give me your guy. Like, let's say it's Joey Porter Jr., right? That's the guy that falls to you. And you're, you know, we're walking out on Thursday night podcasting. And, hey, our corners now are Trevon Diggs, Bland, and Joey Porter Jr. You're feeling great about that unit. So that that's why that makes so much sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that cer- corner is certainly a name where it, the need and value makes sense at the spot. Um, but again, I think that there you shouldn't look past some of the other players that may fall to you simply because corner is a spot where it's going to stretch in this draft. So if Jalen Hyatt falls to twenty six, you know you pull the pull the trigger on a guy like that you like. I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing a name out there. Yeah, pull sure. the trigger on a guy that you like, uh, and 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 know that you, you're still probably going to be able to find a very quality. Uh, you know, I would say almost starting corner. Uh, probably in the second or third quarter, third round as well. It's interesting that you mentioned Jalen Hyatt as an option for the Cowboys in round one. Is that a little guy that's a, maybe a, a pet cat of yours early on? We'll see. We'll see. We, we, can, we can talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Lynn and I just started watching some receivers that could potentially be options for the Cowboys at 26. He might not be a bad one. So, uh, all right, let's get into some more questions. But first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. Just got through the holidays, got through Valentine's Day. If you're trying to eat a little bit healthier, you've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, and they're so good for you that uh, you're not even going to know that they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. And they've got so many unbelievably great flavors, including peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and churro. Not sure how Built does it, but only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can go to Built.com and order your Built bars like you have for the last several years. (laughs) But you can also walk into your Walmart and go to the pharmacy section and pick up a four-box of the cookies and cream or the double chocolates. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, you can go get a 13 box of the brownie batter or, or the churro. You can thank us later on the, the brownie batter. <laughs> one. Oh, my Fantastic. gosh. Go to built.com again right now. See all the options and all the flavors available to you. All right, Landon, let's, let's get into some more questions. Next mm-hmm. one. This one from Jay. He wants to know, does a West Coast system benefit DAC more as opposed to an Air Coriel system? I think there's 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 some there could be some benefits there, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I think that the amount of timing and quick passing stuff that that happens in a West Coast offense, I think that's good for Dak, especially early in the games, right? Like, I feel like where the Cowboys have struggled in kind of getting going in games early is, I don't think it's necessarily just that Dak struggles to get going early in games. I think it's that they've had problems, kind of developing game scripts that have gotten him into rhythm with, you know, quick passes uh, that are effective 
Um, you know, I, I just feel like they've done a job of like trying to make Dak force Dak to do some of the more difficult throws earlier in the game. Uh, and then that kind of, you know, gets him into a spot. And then suddenly you're like in the third or second or third uh, drive and you're like, okay, we need to get Dak going. Well, you should have been getting Dak going in the first drive. Right. Yeah. So I think in the sense that you're going to get, uh, you hopefully will get Dak going a little bit earlier because you're going to have more options in the quick passing game. Uh, I think that benefits him. I think we've also seen that, you know, Dak's not Lamar Jackson. Dak's not uh, 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 Jalen Hurts, uh, but he, he he can he can move. And and I think that you've seen that some of these West Coast offenses are a little bit better for guys like Dak Prescott who have some uh, threat with their legs, uh, just because of the way that the the, the offense is designed up. I think, but also we're probably going to see an even further leaning into, um, you know, wide inside and wide zone play action bootlegs and, and, and nakeds and that sort of thing. So um, I I think that all those things benefit and they, and they kind of accentuate what Dak does. Well, Dak also throws well going both ways uh, from, from running right and throwing running left. So uh, again, uh, more that kind of contributes to, the, the the kind of West Coast offense that stuff that's in our offense the the bootlegs the the you know the the kind of wide zone play action where they where he goes out and then doubles back around to the outside um, that, those are staples inside West Coast offenses as well in fact mostly those are probably West Coast offense you think of the, the the kind of Shanahan offense like that flavor of the West Coast like they're heavy 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 with that kind of wide zone and the, the constraints the play action constraints off of it so. I definitely think in that sense where you're getting wide receiver, you're, you're, you're scheming wide receivers open early and, and Dak can kind of get into a rhythm throwing the football early. That is something that I think will specifically benefit Dak, especially early in the games when it felt like he struggled to kind of get into the game properly. As good as the Cowboys offense has been over the last couple of years, it didn't feel like they had like a bread and butter staple of the offense. Something yeah, that they we, go we to, talked about that, right? Yeah, something that they go, could go to when – Hey, nothing's working. Let's go back to what we do really well. It just didn't really have that, right? So maybe a more traditional West Coast offense where, listen, you can run the slant for seven yards any single time that you want it. Maybe that is something that will benefit Dak long-term. And I also think, I mean, historically, a West Coast offense has been one where a quarterback doesn't need to have an elite arm to execute and do well in. And I don't think Dak has a, a a great arm. Now he doesn't have a bad arm. I'm, let me just be clear. But I feel like the the Coriel style offense does rely more on natural arm talent than uh, what the West Coast does. It's more of a downfield throwing system. I mean, that's what the Coriel offense is. It's yeah. built on running the football and then using play action to go over the top deep uh, uh, to attack down the field. West Coast is is more based on short passing timing. Uh, they actually running the football is important, but it, they actually use a lot of short passing in lieu of running the football at times. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. For a guy that is cerebral and uh, and and you know is a rhythm passer, I think that that aspect of it is a great fit of that. That's not the part that we should be worried about about the switch. It's it's yeah. about the changing of schemes. The West Coast offense is a good scheme for the Cowboys to go to. I don't want to like put it out there that I'm against the Cowboys going to the West coast offense. It's the change in scheme that I'm nervous about 
but not against, you know, yep. it's, 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 that's how will that transition go? That's what I have concerns about, you know, in what is going to be, you know, a, a try to be a reload situation, not a rebuild situation. Can they turn that around quick enough to be effective? Uh, next question from Will. He wants to know who is your favorite backup quarterback option for the Cowboys this offseason? I'm going to run through some names. Yeah. You tell me whether you think they make sense, whether they fit or not. Um, man, there's a lot of them. All right. First up, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, actually, I think Baker Mayfield makes some sense, especially in this offense. Again, short passing, accuracy, um, rhythm passing, a uh, guy who can move around a little bit. I think a West Coast offense is what Baker fits in. Um, he makes some sense. Sam Darnold. I mean, I think he's you know obviously got a lot of starting experience at this point. He's still very young. He's athletic. I mean, for a guy his size. Um, I mean, he's look. I think a lot of these guys are all kind of on the same plane. So I, I would say that he's a fine guy to have as your backup. I, I wouldn't want him as my starter for long term. So of those two, you like Baker better? I think so. I think he's. I think I agree. Probably a better fit, right? But you know what's you know what's funny though. If I was looking at if I was a team like Carolina that needed a quarterback and they had the same situation last year with Baker and Darnold, yeah, did, I yeah. think I'd rather have Darnold just because I think there's a little bit more upside, but. If you're a team like the Cowboys that have an yeah. established starter, I think Baker's probably the better guy there. There's still something you can develop, I think, with Darnold. I know I just I feel like it's just elusive. He's still so young. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. If you're looking for kind of a guy who's seen it, who's done it, who would fit in the system, I think Baker's probably a better choice right now. All right, let's run through some more of these. Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a good choice. Again, like a guy, another guy, accurate, decisive. Um, you know, a little bit frail, so you don't want to like try to run with him a, a ton or anything like that. But if you're talking about a guy who can run the offense and deliver a, a football from a pocket, uh, he could do that. I don't know if he's making a ton of plays for you, but he's you know he's Cooper Rush esque, yeah. I would say. Uh, maybe my favorite option, Case Keenum. Yeah, Keenum's an interesting choice, right? Like, um, I think you know has some experience in that kind of system. Um, you know, been around forever. Been around for a real long time. You know, so he could provide like a little bit more, maybe similar to Teddy Bridgewater, a kind of veteran, you know, insight there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I like, I think. That, I, mean, I mean, honestly, you're going to name a couple more guys too. The the backup quarterback group is is quite solid this year. Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan, he's going to be released by the Colts. I mean, another guy, lots of experience in a West Coast system, experienced. I mean, would be a great guy to have in Dak's ear. Obviously knows Dan Quinn. So, you know, it makes some sense. That one makes a lot of sense just because of familiarity. Some of these guys, I can tell you, like Baker and Sam Darnold, are going to try to land in situations where there's an outside chance that they could become yeah, a starter. Exactly. Again. Matt Ryan's not going to become a starter again. Like yeah. he's. It's just going to be up to Matt Ryan whether he wants to come back and play. But if he wants to come and accept the one-year, $3 million deal to play behind Dak for a year or two and still hang around the league, I think that would be an awesome fit for the Cowboys. If he's ready, it, like if this is an ego thing, I think. you know, And not that he has a huge ego. I think it's an ego thing for any starting quarterback who's been the man before. A if he's MVP ready, key quarterback. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, I, again, I'm not you – know, judging him at all because i totally understand when you've been that, to the top of the mountain before 
uh, it takes a, a swallowing of pride, I think, to kind of take that next step into your the kind of late stage quarterback career if that's what you're interested in doing. I think Matt needs to figure out if that's what he's interested in doing, and if he is, he, he would be a great fit. Yeah, I I would love Matt Ryan here. Uh, a couple more, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, another guy who I think makes some sense. You know, he's a little bit athletic. He can move. He's got experience. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, he's been all over, so I'm sure he's played in some West Coast offenses before. I'm sure. I'm just I mean, not he's played in every system possible. Yeah, I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense. Probably has a similar style of game th- th- to Dak. You know? I think so. Um, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think that makes some sense as well. I think Baker also has a very similar style to, to yeah. like, you know, as far as if you're going to categorize quarterbacks, maybe not in, you know, quality, but in like play style, right? I think yeah. all three of those, Baker and Jacoby and Dak, are, are kind of similar there. Uh, you want to bring back Andy Dalton? Uh, maybe, you know, I, I don't. I don't hate it. He didn't like, play terrible for the Saints last year. No, I mean, I think he played. He played some good football. I, I think you're. You know what? Look with Andy Dalton, with Matt, with I mean, really with Baker and Sam too. Like, you know what you're getting with these guys. They have warts, but you know what the warts are. You see these guys start so many games that it's you're not going to get surprised by it. So it, it kind of helps you mitigate that by you know just kind of keeping that away from the dangerous areas of their other game you know andy andy's gonna throw an interception after throwing 10 great passes right he's gonna get he's gonna look really great on two drives and then throw the most boneheaded interception you've ever seen yep. so it's it's and, and again not a knock on the guy it's just we know the book on all these guys so it's really just about what you feel like uh you can cover up from these guys if they had to play and the reason why we're mentioning all these backup quarterback options is because it does seem likely that cooper rush is going to be signed by the chargers to follow keller moore <laughs> Yeah. And to basically help Justin Herbert do what, what Rush did for Dak, right? Like just be yep. that stable, sound voice in his ear, help him through meetings, help him learn the system. And if that's the case, the Cowboys are going to be looking for a backup. Luckily, there's just so many options. Yeah. Like I didn't even yeah. name them all. Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky could be an option. Mike White is actually a free agent. Taylor Heineke is a free agent uh, from the Commanders. Uh, you even have guys like Chase Daniel and Nick Mullins. And Blaine Gabbert, who's been around forever, working. How is Chase Daniel still collecting paychecks in the NFL, man? I know this is—it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of these guys, and and they in and, and again, yeah, in all the flavors that Carter Minshew, jeez, all the different flavors that you want, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think lots of options for the Cowboys at backup quarterback, and that's great because they're about to lose theirs. It, it, does feel like they're going to sign one of these guys to like a one year, three, four million dollar deal and draft somebody and draft in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, because Jerry Jones talked about how they should have been doing this earlier, um, even with under with deck, you know, just spend more at the quarterback position because you never know what you might. Because uh, of Dak. I mean, because, because you yeah. got a Dak in the fourth round. Like, you know, no. like it's it's worth taking these these rolls of the dice. All right, let's get to some more questions. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on literally everything from money line to point scores uh, to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout 
with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. All right, Lane, let's get to one more question here. Uh, this one from Fetz. He wants to know, how would you treat Israel Makamu going into the offseason? Are you projecting him to play corner? Do you want him to see more time in the slot as a safety? What are you doing with Makamu? Well, I think the key thing here is when you have – and this is – I honestly, I think this is going to be the team-building problem of the future, right, is that when you've got these kind of players – and I think Micah Parsons is similar, right – it becomes a little bit more difficult to try to arrange your team, right? Because you can't really count on Israel Mukamu to be a safety or a corner. Like you may want to play him at both and you may be relying on him to play at both. And, and the reason you can't like rely on him as one or the other is what happens when there's injuries to the two positions that he plays and you have to choose between him yeah, playing corner exactly. and safety. So, and I think Parsons is similar, right? You need to have a linebacker, you know, piece ready to play a linebacker when he's playing defensive end. And you need to have a defensive end piece to play defensive end when he's playing linebacker. Because what happens if you have injuries at both positions or heaven forbid, what happens if that player gets injured? I don't even want to say his name and injury in the same sentence. So I think that for, for the Cowboys, they should continue to kind of view him as this sort of hybrid player. I mean, I think before as a it was utility sort of like, player, basically, as a utility. Right. Before, before it was kind of in the in the vein of a uh, um, of a curse, you know, a, kind of situation where he was kind of this line, linebacker safety hybrid. Now what we've seen is that he's played. I mean, he played it in college, so no surprise. But he's he's he he played very well, very adeptly at corner when they asked him to do that. Um, so that becomes like, you don't want to like pigeonhole them right now. So basically if I was the Cowboys, obviously he's going to be on your team. Obviously he's going to be a piece of your defense, but I wouldn't count him towards your cornerback room or your safety room right now, because part of what makes him valuable, similar to Parsons is the ability to play both of those spots. And in yep. order to facilitate that, you've got to have players at both positions just in case there's injuries. I, I would also mention, Tell me what happens with Donovan Wilson, right? Yeah. If Donovan Wilson's back, I want him for focusing more on slot corner, right? Because that's where he's such a unique player. But if if Donovan Wilson isn't back and he gets a big contract in free agency, then maybe you have him playing a little bit more safety with J. Ron Kurz kind of playing more, more even more in the box like Donovan Wilson. Um, or uh, maybe Marquise Bell. Somebody who was yes, on the Cowboys yeah. 53 man roster all year long. Coil. Maybe well. he kind of slides into that Donovan Wilson role, and you're allowed to keep Mukamu as this do it all defensive back. I do think there's some moving parts here that we need to be careful before we just call him, hey, he's playing slot corner next year. Yeah. And again, you have to remember how defensive coordinators look at this. They don't look at it like this is the depth chart. All right, cool. Like, let's find some formations. What they do is they want to find formations that use all their personnel. That can, like, hey, we like Mukamu. He's not a starter necessarily, but let's find a package that we can get him in and use him. That's how they would prefer to do it: is get players in doing what they do best, not just trying to like pigeonhole them into a single position and like, you know, oh, this is your cornerback, your nickelback, and here's nickelback too. 
that's not how they problem solve. They problem solve using formations and different personnel groups uh, in order to kind of get the best solution for the whatever problem is being presented by the offense. Um, last thing before we leave, I was just looking at their depth chart uh, this morning, and there's going to be some wild battles going on in this defensive back room next year yeah. because. I mean, you already know the guys who are going to be on the roster and starting and all that stuff, but like guys five through 10 plus whoever they sign in free agency and whoever they draft, you're going to be getting rid of some either really talented players or really highly drafted players. And that's that typically is a good sign that you're building your depth chart correctly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the way this defensive backfield room has turned around in the last even the last three years, right, is is yeah. unbelievable, specifically the safety room. But I, I think that the corner room deserves its flowers as well. You've seen Brown and Lewis play at levels that they hadn't played previously. I think these last few years they played much better than they had mm-hmm. the few years before that. You see guys like Deron Bland as a fifth-round rookie show up and play like he was a day-two pick, uh, uh, you know, in the in, in, when he was thrown in there. Um You've got, you know, Joseph, who's a second round pick. You've got uh, a third round pick behind him. You've got another. You're probably going to bring in another guy that's that's coming in uh, in this draft class. If and not two, we, we yeah, just talked about two. doubling up on corners early in this draft. I would not be surprised at all if you have a first round pick at corner and a fourth round pick at corner. And Maybe both top, from South Carolina. And then on top of that, you've got a yeah, right? <laughs> yeah man, or at least the other guy from uh, Carolina. Um, I think you've got, and then you've got a corner on the top of it all who is, you know, all pro type player who's going to get paid a whole bunch of money this year or next year. Um, so I think that the group is, you know, the, the room has really turned itself around in a way that we haven't seen before. Uh, and the Cowboys don't seem to be kind of slowing down there. They're kind of continuing to cycle guys out. I mean, look, say what you will about Joseph, like they haven't, they didn't like overcommit to him just because he was a second round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as they saw that Bland was, was the better player, Bland got the, the more snaps. Yep. So uh, I, I would They're continue play to the see. Best guy there. Yeah, absolutely. So th- there is some trust there. I feel like, which is, is good. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, go check out the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.